We're glad you're here today. We're glad everybody's joining us online. We are in the last, this is the uh, last uh, sermon in this series, and I wish I'd say we covered it all. I think I could preach all year on this. Once I get on something, it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling, and we're uh, talking about our spirit, our, our soul, and our body. Your spirit and your soul are two different things. And guess what? Most of the time we live in our soul, our mind, our will, emotions, and not in the spirit. And the, the Bible wants us, God teaches us to live in the spirit. And that's what I'm pushing you or telling you or teaching you or guiding you or preaching to you, that we got to live in the spirit and that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we're going to dig into this again today. And uh, let's just go ahead and just, I'm going to pick on some men, okay? Men don't like to ask for directions. Y'all know that? All the women go, amen. Okay? They're just going to keep driving until they find it. And so uh, this guy got tired of it. He had his GPS on. And you know how the GPS is. Turn left, then turn left. And he goes, I'm tired of that woman telling me what to do. So he changed it to a man's voice. And he's driving. And he goes, it's over here somewhere. And just see if y'all y'all don't get it. That's all right. I had a better one, but I you know I'd want to test you out. Just see where you was at this morning. But you know what? Songs deal with our soul. Jokes deal with our soul. And you know people say, well, "Why you got lights?" Because it deals with your soul. We want you to relax. Keeps your attention. You know, I'd love to say that I could keep your attention, but I put the words on the screen to help you read the word. But I also show videos from time to time to keep your attention because it, you, everything that goes to your spirit comes through your soul, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, smell, and, and it feeds your spirit. And so you got to be feeding your spirit. And let me just go ahead and dive into this. Just reading the Bible is not enough. And some of you are guilty because you don't feel like you read the Bible enough. Well, you need to read your Bible, but you need to be asking the Holy Spirit to help you understand and ask Him to guide you as you read. A lot of times, and I do it too, we all read the Bible through a year. And I've got Old Testament and New Testament, and I read Psalms and Proverbs, and I read through that. But there are times where you just need to get in, all right, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me in that? What do you want me to, to do with that? Knowledge is not enough. We, we got to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Amen? That's how you walk in the spirit is when you begin to do the word of God. Knowledge is not enough. Okay? You can study how to be an airplane pilot, but I am not getting in the plane with you if you have never flown. Amen. You hear me? Y'all can line up and get in a plane with somebody that's never flown an airplane. They may have studied everything about it, but they haven't been through everything, and they haven't felt that throttle and the takeoff. They may pass out on takeoff. They can't handle, handle two Gs. Ah, so so that, that's the, the point of what I'm trying to get. So let's look. Let's dig into the Word. If you got your notes, we're going to start with our, our, our golden uh, scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it says... Now many, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. 
May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says right there, may your whole spirit, soul, and body, your three parts. Remember we talked about, started off with this, your spirit should be king. You need to be led by your spirit. You need to deal with your spirit, not your emotions. God has emotions. He made you in his image, but God is not moved by emotions. Y'all quiet today because your emotions will lead you astray. I just feel like quitting. That's your emotions. I ain't ever coming back to church and I don't get nothing out of it. I, uh, that's your emotions. I mean, Clayton didn't even shake my hand today. I don't know why. I appreciate your handshake, but there's no, there's, you know, come on. It's serving God. It's about being led by the Spirit. Your emotions. Why do you think, you know, I, last Sunday I talked about they sell lace potato chips. They put a woman in a bikini or a man, and he's all muscled up, and he's eating chips going down the beach. And you're not going to turn into that guy or that woman eating those chips. I hate to tell you. But they're trying to draw you in to eating because you can't eat but one. You can't eat but one. They're dealing with your body, your flesh now. And not, you know, oh, we're getting ahead of stuff. Job 32.8. Job said, but there's a spirit in a man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. God's Zoe power gives man understanding. God needs to breathe into your spirit. And you need to have times where you are touched by God. You ought to seek those times. You ought to ask God for those times. Come on, it's been throughout history. Look at your Old Testament. Read the Old Testament. They had an encounter with God, and you need to have an encounter with God. Well, I can't have an encounter with God because I'm a woman. I can't have an encounter with God because I have a bad past. Eh, Wrong answers. I can't have an encounter. That's all excuses. That's excuses from your soul because your soul can be an enemy to your spirit, and your body can be an enemy to your spirit. You with me? Okay, y'all sure are quiet. Number one, the, uh, number one, the nature of the old man. You have an old man, a new man. You, how many of you know you were born in sin? Uh, what, what, she, got her, she got her little boy in here. We got guests here. I'm going to pick at them. She, they're children's church pastors. Her husband's not here. But see, he's upset. He didn't want to be here without mama. He don't know this place. That's his solo command. I'm not, a, I'm not familiar. Kind of makes me nervous being in church here. I haven't ever been here before. Some of y'all act the same way. <laughs> you're just able to control it. You're like this. You're not crying, but on the inside, you're like, ah, oh, what they going to do? That may get weird. So, so we have to deal with our solo command and learn and, and to get it under control. And, and so that's the old nature. The old nature uh, just wants to do what it wants to do. And I use children as an example. The Bible says to train up a child in the way that he should go. You got to train your flesh to sit still. You'll notice people get up and go to the bathroom. Ain't been 30 minutes in here. But they can sit two and a half hours at the movie theater. Sorry, let me preach it this way. No. I used to tell the youth, I said, come on now. Control yourself. You can control yourself. And, and I used to teach them that I can't sit still. Well, you ain't wearing a diaper. You can't control yourself. You have to learn how to control your flesh. You have to train your flesh 
You have to discipline your flesh to do what God wants it to do. Because flesh wants to do what it, just what it wants to do. There's nothing, you know. And so let me read this with some, with some emotion. You ever read the Bible with some emotion? Sometimes you need to. Last Sunday we talked about Romans 8 where it says that you can be led by the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit, but be following out the flesh is trouble. Well, this is Romans 7, right before he dives into that, okay? And we're going to read this, and I want you to listen to me. I'm going to try to do it. This is, this is a hard read, and I'm going to try to read it with some emotion. This is Paul talking about the struggle. And I know y'all don't have the struggle. Me and Paul had struggles. My flesh, I have to keep it down. I have to train it. I have to hold it down. So Romans, the seventh chapter, and verse 21, and let me try to, you know, you could read it. It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what it, no, he didn't, he didn't write it like that. He wrote it like this. Are you ready? It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what's right, I never do what's wrong. Ugh. I want to do right, but I do wrong. Ugh. Frustrating. I'm trying to. I'm trying to please God, but my just. Oh, I gotta do what's wrong. I want to slap somebody sometimes. And they pull out in front of me and then slow down to 25. In a 55. I know. I, I don't do that way, but I know y'all do. That's a good example, right? <laughs> Verse 22. I love to do God's will as far as my new nature is concerned. Man, isn't that good? As new nature, the, the born again me wants to do what's right. Verse 23, but there is something else deep within me, in my lower nature, that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to, do, I want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself enslaved to sin. Mm. Now, that old nature, you're supposed to put it down. The, Paul said you're supposed to kill it. Well, this is Paul writing this. Paul's struggling with, that, with the nature because he gets, you get frustrated with life. You get frustrated with your kids. You get frustrated at your job. But we have to learn to maintain the walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Some of you deal with anger. Some of you deal, you know, with, with, with lying. Well, it was just a little white lie. The lie's a lie. It was, well, it's not a big sin. As, it's not as big a sin as Clayton. I'm picking on Clayton today. My sin's not as bad as his. Sin is sin. It's not measured. It's sin, period. And we need to be forgiven, and we need to learn to repent, and God wants us to maintain a life. And, and so this Scripture doesn't give you an excuse to just let it all loose, to go off on somebody, or to, do, or to live in the sin nature. He's telling you, I struggle with this as well as anybody else. The only person that didn't struggle with this was Jesus. And now we're going to say, well, that's not fair. But he came as the first, he came as the second Adam. He came born free of the sin nature. Because I know you're sitting there, and, and it won't be long till you're going to be going, is he ever going to get through? Is he ever going to get through? That's your flesh because you're hungry. And then you go from hungry to hangry, angry or hangry. And so my, my point is 
uh, as, as Paul, Jesus didn't have to deal with his flesh, but everybody else does. But Jesus conquered the flesh. And he's, he's given us the power through grace to overcome. Okay? Grace gives us the power to overcome. All right, so here we go. Let's go to number two. Put off the old man. So it's time. Let's put the old man off. Let's, let's get rid of him. Let's, let's kick him aside. And uh, a lot of times we drag the old man around and we just let him, you know, step up and do what he needs to do. But it's time to put him down. And we're, that's what we're talking about today, the fl- old man versus the new man and to live in the new man. But, but let's talk about the old man just a little bit more. Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Now, every time when I was teaching youth years back, when I mentioned lust, they all started giggling, especially little seven, eight, you know, eighth grade girls, because they think lust is sex, but lust is strong desire for Snickers bars. Lust is strong desires for donuts. Lust is strong desire for, I want your car. That's, you know, a strong desire for somebody else's house or are things that will pull you off track from serving God because you can get yourself in so much debt, you can't serve God because you got to work all the time. See, but because I just love that new car smell. I'm getting a new car every year. Well, go buy the spray. Drive that 67 Buick and be fine. Spray that new car smell in there and, get, and just come on. That car's a good car. And so anyway, uh, uh, Let's look at 1 John 2, 2.15, and this goes right back to Adam and Eve in the garden, and I'll show it to you. And it says, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, that's pretty strong. It's talking about, listen, have you ever seen somebody worship a person other than Jesus? Like, Ooh, look at that woman. Or, you know, I've seen women do it. You can't worship the creation. We worship the creator. We worship the creator. And, and, and it's God the Father and his son Jesus gives us access to God the Father. But look what it says in verse 16. For all that is in the world and the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So back in the garden, Eve in Genesis 3 saw that the, the fruit of the tree was good for food, which is the lust of the flesh. Okay, you got to eat or you ain't going to walk around very long. You got to drink water. Okay, you got to sleep. But you can take all those to the limit to where you, uh, uh, a donut's not going to hurt, but all 12 of them will. A Snickers bar, remember Pastor Glenn last Sunday I talked about, it, he was on a fast, and he had those baby Snickers bar, and he just ate one, he ate the whole bag. That's your flesh. Your flesh will take over. I, I wanted in this series, I wanted to put a, a, a bowl of M&Ms up here and have Carmelo's twins come up and say, just get one. And just test it out, because I do that not knowing what they're going to do. They got one in their mouth and a handful, I would say, because you do the same thing when you go to somebody's house on the way out. You just grab a handful if they got some candy there. It's our flesh. Now, 
Now, then it goes, it talks about she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes, which is the lust of the eyes. Your eyes will get you chasing something other than God. And then, then uh, it talked about the last one, desire to make one wise, and that's, that is uh, the pride of life. How about arrogance? See, she said, mm, knowledge of good and evil, knowledge. We need more knowledge. We need more knowledge. We need more knowledge. Well, knowledge just gives you arrogance. Huh? You can be so cocky because I know more than y'all, I know more than y'all. There's stuff in the Bible that I still don't know. I am not arrogant about what I know. I just know what I'm supposed to teach or what I'm supposed to preach. And here's the answer. Here's an answer, y'all, that the Lord told you. Know, well, can you prove to me that Jesus is the Son of God? How do you know God's real? Y'all want to know the answer to that? And this is something you need to study on. The answer to prove God's real, I know what he did for me. Amen. I know what he did for me. I don't know what he's done for everybody else, but I know what he did for me, and I know he's real. And you can know him too. I know that. I know he saved me. I know he forgave me. I know that, that his life is in me. I know, who he, I know he, who he, how he has changed me. Come on. You ain't got to get in an argument with somebody about this and that. Well, that's not scientific. It's not this, that. I know what he did for me. I know what he did for me, and you can't take it. You can't talk me out of it. There's nobody better. There is no other way. I know him. That's what you've got to do is know him. Build that relationship with him. Is there times that he led you? Is there times that he spoke to you? Is there times that you ask him? I mean, I've been sitting in the service and saying, God, I need an answer. And what that man's preaching up there has really not got to do with my answer, so I need your help. And lo and behold, the preacher be preaching along and stop what he's saying and say something, and it's my answer. He just says a phrase and don't even know why he said it, but it was my answer. I know why he said it. Or I'm reading along, and he takes the text, and I take a text, and it leads me to another text, and that's my answer. That's why you have got to learn to get in the Spirit, to be led. God has spoken to me, spoken to me, spoken to me in services like this, where somebody was speaking, and it doesn't, I don't, have to, I don't have to speak on what you're talking about or what you're dealing with or what your problem is. God will help you because when we're in a, a congregation of people, the Spirit of God's here, and God wants to help you and see the Spirit of God in you and you and you and you and you and this section and this section and this section empowers us, all of us. But you've got to get in the Spirit, and really it helps. So, let's finish this, and the world's passing away. So, we look at these things. This is the flesh from the beginning. Pride of life, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. And here we go to number three, put on the new man. Put on the new man. Therefore, as the elect of God, in Colossians 3.12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. What's a new man look like? What's he dressed like? You going to put him on? Put on a jacket? Put on on? Let's put him on. What does he look like? This is what he looks like. Tender mercies. Put that on. Or how about put it on your plate and eat it? Tender mercies, kindness, humility, 
meekness, long-suffering, not about yourself, huh? Tender mercy. You know, a pastor told me one time, if you just get your people to be kind, one of the hardest things to do, because sometimes your flesh don't want to be kind. You know, they'll say, and you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And no such thing. If you get up on the wrong side of the bed, go back to bed and get up on the right side on purpose. Hmm? And be ye kind to one another. Look at verse 13. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against the other, even as Christ forgave you, you must also, so you also must do. We got to forgive. We got to love. We got to be kind. We got to be long-suffering. Y'all quiet today. Some of y'all, you know, if you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. They're on your last nerve. You don't want my, get, get in there, get, go to your room, get out. You know, you're not behaving. And, and uh, we have metal trays that uh, uh, the grandson sit and eat with. And, and the, you never heard all the banging and beating. Okay, put them up. Put them up. Because they're on my last nerve. You get in, it makes you get in the flesh. The Bible says that a child can lead you. And Jesus said that children, come on, be like a child in faith. I told the story in our children's church back in Louisiana, Louisiana years ago that the grandpa took his grandson fishing, and it was hot. It had to be 100 degrees. The minnows were dying. They're fishing with minnows. And, but the grandson had been in children's church, and the, the, the children's church pastor talked about praying for people. They were raised, Jesus raised people from the dead and this and that and the other. And he says, well, son, I, he said, I guess we're going to go in. He said, the minnows are all dying. He scooped them up. And he said, that's all right, Grandpa. I'm going to pray for them, and they're going to live. Scared Grandpa. Scared him. And that little boy prayed. He goes, if those minnows come alive, I'm, I'm running. I heard the testimony later. I'm running because Grandpa wasn't saved. Grandpa didn't believe in God. God, he had no part of God, didn't want God in his life. But after the little boy prayed, and after, you know, they didn't come alive, but the conviction of God came upon his grandpa, and he got saved in two weeks. That was his testimony. That child right there led me to Jesus because he believed, because he prayed. And so, so we need to put on the new man. Our children don't have a problem with it because they're not dealing with all the past that we have, all the hurts and the pains that we have. So we got to uh, put on the new man, Ephesians 4.22. Remember, we read this earlier. It says that you put off concerning the former conduct or uh, the old man which goes corrupt according to deceitful lust. But we didn't read 23 and 24, but listen to what it says. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off, put on. Can we start doing that? Can we stop in the middle of a hissy fit? I know y'all adults don't have, you know, look at your kids. You have them on the inside. But I have seen adults have a meltdown. Can you stop before you do that and put on the new man? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hmm? And you know where, where, where all your hissy fits really happens at the house. Where your kids get on your nerve, your husband gets on your nerve, your wife gets on your nerve, that's where you have your hissy fit. I didn't come home to hear all this. 
And men say, I dealt with this at work. All these kids acting like this, you know what? They're just wanting your attention. They're wanting your love, and they don't know how to express it. You ever thought that? Bad attention is better than no attention. Anybody other than me ever drop their kids off at grandma's and you come back in two days to get them and they have a meltdown? They're trying to tell you that they missed you. They don't know how to express it. That's the flesh. And you don't need to get in the flesh with them. So, so we're putting off, so, so let's say I'm going to put off the old man. Yeah, all three of us. And we're going to put on the new man. Let's put on the new man. That's what's missing. Let, let, before we dive into this, the strength in the old man, number four, listen to me. You're never going to be satisfied until you start living in the spirit. Nothing satisfies your flesh. That's why you see millionaires killing themselves. Basketball players, football players, they get on drugs. Why do they need drugs? They got millions of dollars. Because money's not a good God. The only thing that saves is Jesus. The only one who saves is Jesus. The only one who can change you and help you and strengthen you is Jesus. Quit chasing the world. I just need to relax. I, I wish, I'm going to go to the doctor. Maybe he'll give me something to relax. How about going to God, who's the creator of relaxation? And trust him to help you to relax. It's, it's time to get strong in the spirit. Be strong in the spirit. See, after we read that where Paul, you know, said, I can't deal with this. Well, Romans 8, 1 says, and so he keeps, there's no chapters and verse. He was writing a letter. He's talking about who's going to help me. He goes, Jesus is. And then he says, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Come on, who live after the spirit and not after the flesh. If you're being eat up, and this is, the, if you're in condemnation, you're in a prison, and you don't think you can receive, nobody, God doesn't love you, you God, God, nobody loves you, your mama don't even love you, your kids look at you cross-eyed, you know, crazy-eyed because they don't love you. They love you. God loves you. But you're in your own headspace and condemnation, and God wants you free. There's no sin too great. Jesus died for them all, even Hitler's. Hmm? But we don't want to forgive that. Give me just a minute. If you start helping the poor, you got to be careful not to despise the rich. If you start, start helping the sick, you cannot despise those who are well. Well, they're well enough to come help me. God didn't call them to do that. He's called you. And when you start doing it within yourselves, when you start getting flustered with everybody else, know that God's, if God's called you to something to help people, to do something for somebody, he's going to supply the strength and the wisdom and the money to do it. There's too many stories and too many uh, stories that we can talk about biblically in the Bible and even in history where God supplied needs where the people had a desire to do something for God and God helped them. But that's a key that we always forget, that God's our help. When you get flustered, that we're doing this on our own. We're doing this on our own. Over and over, I'm trying, and you get tired, bent out. Listen, you're going to get tired. But there is something to do in kingdom business, even to where you're exhausted, but knowing that God 
has got you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many of you like to mow? Anybody? Come on, y'all. Give me a big hand. You like to mow? Doesn't it look good when you're finished? Aren't you like, whoo, look at that yard. Man, it looks good. And you may even be sweating, but you're still in look at the fruit of your labor. Yeah. Well, God will give you a job or a, or a calling or a witness to do something, and it may be exhausting to you, but man, when you're done, you're like, you're full. You're full of joy. That's in your solical man, but it's still important because it keeps you pushing forward. All right. We're going to try to land this airplane, but I got a few more minutes. So let's read. Number four, now strengthen the new man or the inner man. How do we do that? I've said it every service. I've said it every, in every meeting, but we'll get to it. We'll finish with it. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, it says, therefore, do not lose heart. We just talked about losing heart, didn't we here? Even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Your spirit is being renewed day by day. Now, I don't have a whole lot of scripture for this, but I do believe it, that when I get to heaven, I'm going to have hair, and I'm not going to be in my 60s. Amen, Rob's going, amen. I'm not going to be in my 60s. I'm going to be what I was called to be to live forever when I reached maturity. You see, we weren't made to die. I got scripture for that. And whatever matured, men began to die because of sin in the earth. You, 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 you know, my, I, when I did my dad's funeral, I said, well, he can outrun me right now. Though he was in a hospital bed just a day or two before, he can outrun me right now. And they had a picture of him when he was in the army about 25 years old, I said, that's probably what he looks like right there. Lean, mean fighting machine. So we have a lot to look forward to. The inner man's renewed day by day. Remember, we started this series off about that, that the rich man and Lazarus, they both died. There's life after death. They both died and, and they were buried. And then the story picks up and Jesus said it was a story, it was a true story because he talked about a certain rich man and a man named Lazarus. And Lazarus went to, at that point, paradise, where all the believers went before Jesus died on the cross. And the rich man went to hell. And the rich man looked up. See, that, that's their inner man. That's their spirit. And he said, have Lazarus. He remember here, how did he know that was Lazarus? How did he know that was Abraham? You're known as you're known. He said, have Lazarus dip his finger in some water and come touch my tongue. I'm in torment. What finger? His finger's buried in the ground. What tongue? His tongue's buried in the ground. He has a spiritual body. Now, we're going to get a new physical body, but it will not be like this body. It's going to be like Jesus. Jesus ate with him, and then he went through the wall. Just left, and the food went with him. Riddle me that one, Batman, huh? He, 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 he floated up into the, the, watching him go up. And the angels come and say, why are y'all staring up in the sky? This man's coming back. Come on, he's coming back. 
And so we need to be spiritually ready for him to come back because he's looking for a church or a bride that's full of faith and that's pure. And his blood will make us that way. Amen? So, so let's go to Ephesians 3.14. We got, we're renewed day by day, but we have to on purpose and, and renew it. So you look, I got a, my wife makes me wear these clothes, so I got this tight sweater on today, and I don't have any muscles. You don't see any bulging muscles. I don't work out. I'm fixing to start. Oh, it's a good, I'm starting. You know, I'm like this, I'm on the treadmill. Okay. But I'm fixing, you know, we got to, we, you got to take care of this body if you want to live a long time. It takes more than prayer. I won't get off on it here. It takes more than prayer. You got to take care of your body if you want to live a long time. Oh, Lord, just take these calories out of this, this, this cupcake. Bless it. Don't let it hurt me. It's all right to eat a cupcake every now and then, but, well, I just had six. It's all right. That's where it gets in trouble, right? But we got to take care of ourselves. So, Ephesians 3.14, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Whose glory? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. How many of y'all ever tasted of his glory? Not going to look for an answer on that one. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. His spirit, his glory is his goodness, and his goodness comes from his spirit. God's goodness is his glory, is a simple, simple definition of glory. But glory is powerful. All these people to say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, why this and why that? No, you're not. When you get to heaven, the glory of God's going to consume you, and you're going to crawl. And then you're going to have to lay down and rest a minute because the glory of God is so powerful. Come on. You, and you're not going to ask God nothing. You're going to be so consumed by God, every answer will be answered. It's a different kind of love. When you're consumed by the love of God, we deal with the lust of the flesh more than anything. Like, I love you, dear. I love you, my honey, my wife, my baby, my dog. That ain't it. That's feeling love. The agape, the hasid of God. This is what it's talking about, how powerful the love of God is, how powerful the grace of God is. Listen, to be strengthened with, uh, with might through his spirit in the inner man, in your spirit. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and you being rooted and grounded in love. Not that feeling love. Oh, man, I love, I love chocolate cake. I love a, I love a cold lemonade. I, not, that's, that's not the kind of love. We're talking about the power of God love. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Well, I just don't feel that love, Pastor Brett. It doesn't matter. Go after it. That's why a fisherman fishes. I don't see any fish. One might be over there. What? What? Let me throw by that stump. And he's fishing. He's going after a fish. If a hunter goes after a, you're going to work every day going after a paycheck. You need to be going after God. We need to go after and be rooted and grounded in his love. Let's finish reading this. To be rooted and grounded in his love. Verse 18, that may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, uh, the width and the length and the depth and the height. Hmm? To know the knowledge of Christ which passes 
knowledge, or to know the love of Christ was past his knowledge, I'm sorry, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we think or according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory. Before I read that last verse, I want to go back. To know the love of Christ was past his knowledge. Understanding. There's peace that passes understanding. There's joy that's unspeakable. Overwhelming joy. Unspeakable. Love. To be consumed by it. Not with just the knowledge of it, but it be real. That the love of God would consume you. See, God's calling you. Today, he's calling you to a deeper walk. Nothing's going to satisfy your flesh. I don't care if it's playing softball, playing baseball, if you are watching it on TV. It doesn't satisfy. The only thing that satisfies is Jesus and being consumed by him. It doesn't mean that you can't play softball. It doesn't mean you can't go fishing or hunting. It means that you're consumed by him and you're following after him. Yes, he wants you to go fishing, hunting, whatever, to relax. There's nothing wrong with that, to take a day of rest, whatever that looks like. Well, I'd never go fishing, but I'd go hiking. So that's your day of rest. I just want to sit and read the Word. That's your day of rest. I just want to put worship music on. Too many of us put on the radio, listen to the radio, and it ain't godly anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling through all this. Let's go. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ was past his knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now listen to verse 21 and 22. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What, what power is working in you? The love of God. And when the love of God begins to consume you, you start asking things that God wants you to ask for. You start praying for Uncle Joe to get saved. You start praying for your neighbor to get saved. You start baking cookies for the neighbor's kids and taking them to church. You start doing things that you start thinking like Jesus would think. You know, the old saying, they used to have the braces, what would Jesus do? Well, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus think? What does he think and when? what does he say and then what does he do? That you need to be thinking with the heart of God when you're consumed with his love. God loves you. And God wants you to do things his way. Ooh, and that's hard. Because we live in America. Bless God, we're free. And with freedom comes responsibility. God wants you to be holy. He said in the Old Testament and the New, be ye holy. Come out from among them, be ye separate. Serve me, follow me, walk with me. Be holy. But he's also going to empower you to be holy. He's going to help you. He's going to remind you. Let me see how to say this. I've, I've said it all. My pastor, you say it all the time. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. God's a gentleman. God's going to remind you not to do that. But you can do it if you want to. Hmm. 
And just because you have the, the freedom to do it and the right to do it, to even sin, it doesn't make God happy. It doesn't please him. Your children ever do anything didn't please you? Of course. But they're still my kids. Mm-hmm. Just because you do something stupid doesn't mean God doesn't love you anymore. Just because you do something crazy, maybe you even some terrible sin, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you anymore. God loves you, but he's called you to another level, to a higher place. He's already positioned you, the Bible says. You're seated with Christ at, the, at, the, at his throne. Now, I'm hoping that, that I'm conveying this. I ask God to help me to convey this the best of my ability, that your position, but you can do what you want to. And just because lightning doesn't strike you, because you everybody ever heard, God's going to get you. God's not in the getting business. He's in the grace business right now, but it doesn't mean you have a license to sin. He's given you power to be free from sin, to be an overcomer, to be more than a conqueror. So John 6, 63, if you want to write it down, it's in your, put it in your notes, it's not in there, but I added this because I've said it every, I said it every Sunday, and it's a key. And it's Jesus' words in red. In John 6, 63, it said, It is the Spirit that quickens or makes you alive. The Holy Spirit makes your spirit alive. The flesh profits nothing. I just like doing that. I, well, that's flesh. And it, it doesn't profit anything. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus' words are spirit, and they are life. So what words do you need, really, really, really need to be reading in the Bible? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you stay in the New Testament and learn how a believer is supposed to live, how to be led by the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit. The words I speak to you, they are spirit. So if the Word of God is spirit and Jesus' words are spirit, they're going to make your spirit alive is what he's saying. Let me close with this. The Pharisees were full of knowledge, but they didn't accept Jesus. And you see people argue. You can go on the Internet and people argue, and they'll talk you out of this, talk you out of miracles, talk you out of tithing, talk you out of uh, uh, only loving certain races. They'll talk about only, only certain people are going to heaven. God's predestined some and some he hasn't, which is baloney. God's called all men, all men to salvation. Even, but they're knowledgeable. They're smart. But they're not rightly dividing the word. God is God as a God of love. We just read about the love that we need to be consumed with. And we don't get to pick and choose who goes to heaven. He's called all men by faith to receive him. So that's what I want to ask you today. Do you want to accept him today? Are you ready to give your life to God? Some of you in here are Christian, but you you just you play too much. It's don't, let's don't play. Let's don't play. Well, let me talk to people that haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Just for a minute. Remember, Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He was tempted in every manner that we were. He was tempted with sex with men, with women, with alcohol, with drugs. He was tempted with sickness and disease. He was tempted to be angry. 
He was tempted by his own disciples to call down fire on people. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you are of. That is not my father. It's not his will to call down fire on somebody. Jesus took the crown of thorns, which represents the curse and the torment on our mind. He was beaten, whipped. What a cat of nine tails full of rocks and metal and glass that took not just skin, but muscle off for our healing. It was nailed to a cross after he carried it and fulfilled prophecies. So many prophecies that it's just, it's un, unfathomable. How, how he, how did he, how God did it because Jesus said, you could say Jesus knew the word, but the other, the, the men gambling for his clothes, it's in Psalms 22. They didn't read that. They fulfilled prophecy. And they weren't even believers. One of them did become a believer. This man is the son of God. He died on the cross. He went to hell, kicked the devil in the teeth, took the keys to the kingdom, rose again. You know, in the Old Testament, they said they, they drug a dead man and threw him on Elisha's bones. And that dude jumped up and took off running. Elisha, the spirit of God, the power of God, the life of God, and Elisha, raised that man up. But nobody raised Jesus up because he, was the, he became the son of God. But he's the firstborn of many brethren. And I'm looking at the many brethren and the sisters, if you don't say it like that. I'm looking at brothers and sisters or people who have the, the opportunity to be a brother and a sister today. So if you're saved today, I want you to bow your head. And I want you to pray for people that aren't. That's your job. So get in agreement with me that every time we have a service that people get saved. And if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, you've never give, really given your life to Jesus before, will you lift your hand? Let me pray with you. I'm not going to call you out, embarrass you. I just want you to lift your hands. That you, you're telling God, that's me. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand, ma'am. There's others. Father, we thank you that you make it real. I'm, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not praying for people yet. I'm, I'm asking for people. There's, there's another person here that needs to lift their hand and give their heart to Jesus. So before we go any further, let me ask you, maybe you're in this boat that you got saved a long time ago, but you haven't been living for him at all. Will you give your heart to him today? Will you lift your hand and say, yes, Lord? Can you lift your hand? I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand, ma'am. Let's all pray together right now. This is how you do it. It's how simple and how easy it is. Say it with me. Say, Father, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. For all my sins, all my hurts, all my pains, come into my life. Wash me clean by your blood. Thank you for forgiving me, cleansing me, renewing in me. Thank you for your love.
I believe in you. And I believe you accept me today. In Jesus' name, amen.